Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Record on here. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. I've written, annoyingly, I've written the intro in binary as well. So that's going to be quite annoying. <laughs> no, zero, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's zero, one, zero, one, zero, one. Oh, I, I, I remember going um, to, it was the London Guitar Show and the sound guy was going. Why don't you invite me? <laughs> And the sound guy between the sets was, was really exaggeratedly going, one, two, and everyone was going nuts in the crowd. And then at one point he said three, and we all lost our minds. That's quite good. That is quite good. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules are simple. We can discuss as many of your movie ideas as we like, but only one will make it through to the pivotal final stage where the script will be printed on large pieces of card and used to build a protective wall around the war monuments of John's hometown. I'm Joel, a man who puts the Ken into Cenotaph. And across from me is John Harris, a man who, thanks to his French upbringing, has only ever used poppies in the manufacturing of heroin. Hello, John. Wow. Very topical for the day we're recording this, but not the day it comes out. All right, mate. That's still pretty topical. Yeah, yeah. The week of is topical. Have I got news for you? Records famously records on a Tuesday or something that goes out on a Friday. And that's a topical news show. Yeah. What do you want to do? We're not live. What do you want? That's called radio. All right. I want you now to predict something more topical than what I've just done in the intro that's going to happen between us recording on Sunday afternoon and this going out in the early hours of Wednesday morning. Swell has gone. Oh, fuck, I knew you. As soon as I said it, I knew you were going to say that. And now, I, now, because I'm so petty, I've got to hope that she doesn't get sacked. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's really annoying. Rishi, if you're listening... Uh, Hold on for a few days. Despite, despite everything I've ever said about you publicly, could you maybe wait until Wednesday lunchtime to <laughs> bin her off? Please. Please. My reputation is riding on it. Anyway, John. Yes. We are here to pitch film ideas. Could you please pitch me a film idea? On the subject of being sort of relevant to the times, this one's from Gareth. The next National Treasure film should be Nick Cage breaking into Warner Brothers to steal and share all the shelved tax write-offs. I like it. I thought, I, for some reason, I thought it was going to be Nick Cage, like, stealing Judy Dench. Because she's a national... Be that idea. is a really good because idea. she's a national treasure. He could, like, try and hoard national treasures, maybe. You know, like, I think this is a thing in films. You know, this is, I think this is a thing that's happened in fiction. A mad villain will kidnap an entertainer to be, like, their private entertainer, right? Why well, hasn't the sort of stuff like that sort of happened in real life with dictators and stuff, becoming, like, yeah, best mates I think you're with right. Yeah, so 
Yeah, best mate, sure. But I think I'm sure it's happened in some films where they'll they'll kidnap someone and get them to perform for them. It, quite funny if Nick Cage decides to kidnap as many national treasures as possible and just have them put on shows for him every night. The population is is a sort of a meta film. The pop the, the continually aging population after the MCU has crashed and burned, which is currently in the process of doing. If you sort of look at mm. the the sort of prognosticators on the internet after that. They realise the, the what prognosticators are they? Are they a new Marvel team that I've not heard of? Is their film not doing very well? <laughs> That's good. They just sort of they we've say, got to save the franchise. The prognosticators are like, oh yeah, there's going to be sort of a big d- demonic attack in two days, but they don't do anything about it. Thing is, I say I've fallen out of love with the Marvel franchise. If their blockbuster film Summer 2024 was the prognosticators, I'm there day one. I'm there for the midnight release. So. The prognosticators are not involved in this film. So Nick Cage knows the the only money is in the Grey Pound. We've talked about the Grey Pound before. Those sort of films are filled with your national treasures. So he yeah. is a big action film a la Nick Cage, like sort of style, but it's about getting together the ultimate cast for this Grey Pound. So you've got sort of, it's hitting four quadrants here. The the kids want to see it because Nick Cage is blowing stuff up. The grandparents want to see it because... Oh, because the kids love Nick Cage. <laughs> Okay, fine. It's a two. Know, you've got two kids, and all they talk <laughs> like you know. Whenever I've been over to yours, all they talk about is Nick Cage, isn't it? Yeah, it was my my my, my three week old's first words were Nick Cage. Were Con Air. <laughs> yeah. The kids love Nick Cage. Is probably an opinion that like only people over the age of maybe eighty five have. Uh, yeah, you know, people that are so far removed from popular culture. I, you know, I'm a big fan of his work, uh, but I sadly am not young. No, I, I think that's a good idea. I think you're hitting all four quadrants. I think you're right. On the subject of the, the original pitch, as it was, it is fascinating to me. Oh, it's nuts. That Warner Brothers are just writing off these movies. So Batgirl, they sort of said, oh, it was terrible, which has which sort mm. of been mm. like between, between the lines. They haven't said that outright, but they've sort of gone, it's a terrible movie. But then loads of people respond yeah. by saying, yeah, a lot of the time before reshoots, big blockbusters are terrible movies and then you reshoot yeah, to sort true. of tidy stuff up but you sort of you kind of forgive it maybe they've already thrown loads of money at it maybe they've seen and also that was dc was in a really odd yeah. transitional period at that point anyway right so maybe i don't think that it should have been shelved i think it's sad that it was but you can maybe see the business case we're going to scrap it we're going to relaunch dc with the latest one the is it roadrunner the roadrunner w- film? wiley coyote yeah uh, like seems to have been relatively low budget ha- from what i've seen it tested with audiences really well mm. and then some of the crew put out shots from behind the scenes where it was all like physical practical, props yeah. and it all looked uh, it's all really practical effects it looks amazing and uh, yeah i i hadn't really heard much about the production of the film at all to be honest and was suddenly like furious that it was being denied from the world i don't understand and uh, the, the claim seems to be that it's for tax purposes or yeah so apparently know, really, it's a 30 really million dollar it. tax write-off also on top of that, so the, the crew... But would they not stand to make more than that by releasing it? You'd think. That's what I don't understand. And also on top of that, the crew, those those videos that the crew put out have been taken down due to copyright strikes from Warner Brothers to add insult to injury. So you can't see those videos anymore. Wow. It is, yeah, it's really, even if like, even if they're like not films that I'd want to see or, or were bad, I, I do think it's weird and sad that, that this is what Warner Brothers is doing, just sort of letting films get finished and then just shelving them forever it's it's all nice. and it was yeah, written it by really james sucks. Gunn. people work really really hard yeah people work really hard on these things films are really difficult to get made 
and they take years and years to make. And this would have been years of people's lives. And it's really sad that they don't ever see an end result. Like I I've have worked on several things that have been like pilots of things or I've never really gone anywhere. And it is frustrating when it doesn't happen, but I've never worked on something of that scale. I can't imagine how devastated you would be if you, you know, had worked on this film and you were really proud of it. And then it never saw the light of day for seemingly like no good reason, you know, not, because the what you the product you've made is bad, it just yeah, it seems like such a shame. And also, you're like just denying the world a piece of art that people have poured loads into. It just feels really arbitrary and really unfair. So I would be very in favour of Nick Cage busting it all out. Also, like, surely it'll leak. Surely someone will leak it. It is like forbidden fruit as well. There is an element of it. Like it's like when they banned The Exorcist, and everyone was like, "I need to see this film." There's something. Yeah, I'm more interested in seeing both those movies because of the fact I was told I can't see those films. 100%. Like the number ones, you know, whenever Radio 1 back in the day would ban a song, it would be number one that week. Happened with Frankie Goes Hollywood. Anyway, here's one from Nathan. Interview without a vampire. Right. Thoughts? Nathan's also given us some facts for a nickname. We're still doing nicknames. He has? Yeah, yeah. I was, I, oh, I, sorry, we are still doing sorry, nicknames. Girl. Okay, all right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Facts from Nathan. I don't drink milk. Mm. I teach math. Okay. Is it maths? I don't want to correct this guy. Is he American? He certainly... Well, he says something in a second no. about his height that gives you a clue. I'm six foot three, in brackets, 190 centimetres to my friends across the pond. I don't know which friends you're referring yeah. to, because we, we very much deal in feet <laughs> and inches. Yeah. Maybe you. I mean, you're French. Maybe you. You're, they're French are way more metric. And I've recently started taking ballroom dancing lessons. I love it. This That is fantastic. Yeah. I, I, it feels like we're now veering into the worlds of like Dream Factory singles, you know, and we're going to start <laughs> like, we're sort of becoming a... The newest um, I love this insight. I love that we got we got a drummer in the midst. We've got a dancer in the midst. Hey, we we've got a show. We can put on a show. A We're going to put on show. a show. We can put on a little tap show. So he's a math teaching, milk avoiding, ballroom dancer. What's the cool implement you use in maths? Protractor, compass. Can we <laughs> yeah, call that, it compass? I think that's the coolest. Compass is good. I can't remember anything that's in your little geometry set. Can you? Well, like I say, protractor and a compass. Not compass. That's not right. Is it compass? What's the triangle? Is... Oh no, yeah, compass, compass is, is right. a circus thing. What's the triangle? What's the, what's the triangle called? Not sure. Oh, it's called triangle. Ah, <laughs> oh, let's call him triangle. Okay, no, let's call him protract cha 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 protract cha 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 protract cha cha cha. Ignoring the fact he doesn't drink milk, Nathan would love to know what's your favourite milk alternative. <laughs> anyway, his suggestion is interview without a vampire. Is it the does the the interview's been set up and the vampire doesn't turn up, or yeah. is it just a film about interviewing someone who isn't a vampire? I think it's the former because otherwise that is just. It's just the, an interview. The film is interview. Yeah. It's the film The Interview with James Franco and Seth Rogen. May right. He he sets up an interview with a vampire. The vampire doesn't show up, but the, but he's made such a big noise about the fact that he's got this incredible interview lined up that he lies and he makes up this whole story and it becomes this big best selling book about an interview with a vampire. And then the vampire has to go out and announce himself purely to sort of say none of none of these allegations are true. Breaking breaking my silence, YouTube <laughs> vlog style. Yeah. Breaking my silence. My story. That's really good. So a guy claims to have an in with a vampire and he releases like a series of podcasts that are all supposed interviews with this vampire confessing to his hundreds and hundreds of years of vampire crimes. Yes. And it's all fake. Yeah. Really good. Really good. I actually read recently read a book that's a very similar premise. Yeah, and um, so the, the the podcast becomes a big hit, right? It's a massive hit. But mm-hmm. then, like, Internet Sleuth starts sort of seeing discrepancies in the stories, things that just don't add up. And so some sort of at-home detectives put the pieces together and realise it isn't true, and they get in touch with the vampire. And that's the final episode of that second podcast, is the actual interview with the vampire. Yes. This is that's good. That's really good. 
That's a really good idea. Well done, Nathan. Uh, Patrack cha cha cha. It's good stuff. How about this one from Andy? Night of the Living Fred. Fred Flintstone, along with Wilma, Barney, and Co. I mean, Co's doing quite a lot of heavy lifting there, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know anyone Who else? Who else is there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hang on. There's another. Not Betty? Barney has it's reanimated a, and terrorizes. Ter- yes, terrorizes modern day America. He's been dead many millions of years, so he's pretty gross. Also, there's zombie dinosaurs. It's, it, a zombie saying yabba dabba do is fun. Where, dis- despite how yeah. deceased he is, that's still fun. And it would be good if, I don't know if American theme parks, so here in the UK, for our listeners across the pond, our premier theme park, arguably, is Thorpe Park in the south of England. And they, there's a massive deal. They do, like, Hallow- at Halloween, they, like, they go all in on uh, the fright nights at Thorpe Park. Now, I've never been to one. Far too frightening for me. There's lots of people in costume and they chase you around the park and there's like special mazes and stuff. And it would be good if it, an American theme park, it was Fright Night. And so they thought that the Flintstones reanimated characters were just part of the show, part of the fun. Yeah, well, they definitely do. Universal Studios do it. And I, I'd imagine... Okay. Well, you may, hey, Lee, look, look, John, maybe you're more across the, uh, the Halloween schedule of the American theme parks than I am. Shoot me. I I can't believe you don't keep up to it like I do. You not got the text the the alerts. Yeah. You're always you're always texting me where the Hanna Barbera properties can be found these days <laughs> and in what context. This drives me mad. So they're they're assumed to be part of the show and then they start eating people alive and terrorizing them and turning them into zombies. But because they're biting like other people in costume, they're also turning them into zombies. <gasps> so it becomes this whole self fulfilling prophecy. You don't know who's a character, who's been turned into a zombie. You don't know if you can approach that goofy for help or if that goofy's going to try and bite you with his massive two front teeth. And it all goes, it just becomes total carnage in the theme park. Yeah. And there's like, like in a sort of 80s horror movie at the beginning, the Fred Flintstone one is sort of stumbling towards these like teens who are like being sort of cocky and arrogant. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they think, oh, these are just actors. They can't actually come that close to us. And they're, they're sort of flicking stones at them and stuff, you know, terrorizing the actors generally. And then this one comes and sort Flick of- stones, yeah. Very good. And this one comes no. and eats them. And that's a, again, I, sort of legitimately good ideas this week. Yeah, an entire studio's character- roster as zombies is a lot of fun yeah i love it very good right would you like another one from me yes what about this one from joe also joe just for the record joe agrees with you and she enjoyed the league of extraordinary gentlemen yes there are dozens it's happening the movement starts now we are legion we are everywhere is that what anonymous say something like that i yeah it's happening john no don't move on from that because since since I put out the call last week. I'm actually, I got so excited. Things have just started falling off my <laughs> desk. Since I put the call out last week that the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is an overlooked masterpiece, 100% of the feedback that we've had has agreed with me. <laughs> there is not a soul. That's a landslide, John. There's not a soul out there that is saying that it's a bad film. You, Apart from you, I think you said it. Well, no, I just said it's notorious. I think, I think it's happening. Would you come, people, to a live screening of a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen hosted by John and Joel? <laughs> Sounds that sounds like a lot of fun to me. Absolutely. I'll dress up as I'll dress up as Captain Nemo. I, John will dress up as the Invisible Man. I'll not show up, yeah. Um, not sure, yeah. Yeah, and we'll do it like Prince Charles style. So we'll have to come up with some bits in the film where we like all throw things at the screen or do do you know yes. say say lines along with them. Oh God, <laughs> that would be good. And we'll do like a no, we'll do like a we'll do a seance and get in touch with Sean Connery or something. <laughs> sounds sounds good. Is is Sean there? Y E S H. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's good stuff, man. Thank you. That's really good. Right, this one's from... Come on there, watch Joe's film idea. An Invisible Man Helsing. An invisible... Right, okay. So, I guess Van Helsing is the ultimate vampire slayer. Can't see If him. you're discounting Buffy. If he's invisible, an absolute nightmare for vampires. <laughs> they don't know where to chomp, do they? Uh, so, uh, right, 100%. So, this film, this Van Helsing is having... The time of his Can life. I also say The Invisible Van would be a very funny film. <laughs> like, is it like Wonder Woman's Invisible Plane? Do you see people sitting and driving it? You see, you or, see, or is it maybe, just, yeah, I think you do. Or is it people just walking yeah. into an invisible van being like, what? There's nothing here. There was a good, wasn't there quite a good Invisible Man film? I think I went to see it at the cinema. Yeah, with, with Elizabeth uh, Moss. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Brilliant. There's film. a really, there's a, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the few horrors there's I have a scene, seen. There's a, there's a scene, isn't there, John? Is it, are we spoiling it? Oh, the dinner okay, scene. Okay, S- spoilers ahead for 2020's <laughs> underappreciated Invisible Man. There's a bit where, so is it her like abusive partner has, is also like a scientist who's developed the power to become invisible? Yes. Right, I think. And there's, and she's trying to escape him. And there's a scene where she's having dinner with her sister and they're, you know, they're chatting away and then her sister's throat just gets slit. Because the Invisible Man's they're doing it. It's fucking it's nuts. harrowing. Yeah. It's really scary. So yeah, there's a recommendation. Uh, well, I've just ruined this, <laughs> the best bit in that film, but I would go and watch it. It's good. In terms... So Invisible Man Helsing, what I think we need is it, the ultimate sort of opponent is like... So it has to be like a f- sort of fictional monster creature, but the thing that's coming to mind is the Predator, because I believe the Predator can see heat, right? So it tracks based on heat and movement, not based on whether you're visible to the naked eye. So if that's the final creature it has to, he has to hunt is the Predator, right? Perfect. Now, that's actually a I'm challenge for him. Another good film, yeah. Tick. Another good film. This is ridiculous. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com wow nice yeah what you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on bomba socks underwear and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Hey, how about this one from Beck? Last night in Ho Ho Ho. It might be a little bit early for a Christmas suggestion. Never too early. Bring them on. Never too early. When do you start getting Christmassy? Have you watched the adverts? Have you cried at the adverts? Or have you been in the replies to MS saying, This is a fucking disgrace? <laughs> I-, I can't. I can't tell who annoys me more in the replies to Christmas adverts. There's two trends that I've noticed, John. <laughs> There's people saying, this is a disgrace. Christmas has been ruined. Almost more annoyingly than that, there are hundreds of people replying to these adverts saying, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. If you go to the original MS advert, the first like 100 replies are people saying, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I just think, A, well, I don't, it literally isn't anything to get. It's right there on the tin. It's right there on the fancy M&S biscuit tin. But also, don't admit that on the internet. <laughs> You're mad. There's no way. Google it. Google. People, I think people have forgotten. People have, I think, become more open to being, appearing thick. And they, people don't Google anything anymore. Have you noticed if you're on like TikTok or something and there's a video that's like an explainer or it's a gag or loads of the comments are like, what does this mean? Mm, what is this? I, I don't get this. I think, why don't you go and... Look, just instead look. of telling the internet, I'm thick, why don't you just comment on everything, I'm thick? Under the MS advert, why don't you just comment, I'm thick? Uh, good. That's good, isn't it? I, I loved it. You should. Uh, it's all right. Under, under the next, it, I haven't done a TikTok video for a little while. I will try and do one this week. Under it, if you're a listener, just comment, I'm thick. <laughs> Please. Yeah, we're on TikTok. You can find us by searching Dream Factory on TikTok. If you could all go there, whether it's Instagram or TikTok, please just comment, I'm thick. Because <laughs> when strangers stumble across that video, they'll have no idea what's going on. If you could go back, and as many videos as you can be asked to comment on, just start writing, I'm thick, wherever you see Dream Factory, anywhere on the internet. We will be, and we'll be selling merch at the screening of uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that is a t-shirt that makes no reference to, the dream, to dream Factory other than it being in the colour scheme and in just big white writing, it says, I'm thick. Excellent. It's good merch. Uh, so to it go, is good merch. To go all okay, the way so back last to, night in no, Ho, no, no, Ho, Ho. To go back to your question, Christmas has come early in my house because I have a toddler son who's very excited by the prospect and wants to watch The Grinch every single day. Every day? Yeah, look, wait. Which Grinch? Jim Carrey's Grinch? No. John has revealed a big Grinch t-shirt. Wow. There you go. You weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. You're fully Grinch, Grinch ready to go. Yeah. When you say you want to watch the Grinch all day, does he just want to stare at your torso? Um, wow. No, he watches the... Is, is, the Grinch not a bit, is the Grinch not scary? No, he watches the animated um, Benedict Cumberbatch that came out a couple of years ago that's more like illumination. With a good soundtrack. Friendly. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a title yeah. of the creator song at the beginning. It has, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nuts. Anyway. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Last night in Ho Ho Ho, yes. Santa, hmm, modern day Santa is in Soho and he's sickened to find that people don't celebrate Christmas in the way that they used to. And he pines for a, a, a more innocent era and travels back to 1960s Soho Christmas only for it to be far more debauched than we could ever have imagined. Love it. I'm happy with is that. that the, is that the premise of the film? Sort of. I think that's enough of the premise of the film that we're not sort of going into spoiler territory. Alternatively, if we if we sort of circumvent the the, the Edgar Wright movie altogether mm-hmm, in, in mm-hmm, coming up with the plot, could it be like the Santa Claus, but instead of Tim Allen killing Santa and having to become the Santa, it's a drag queen? Nice. That's very good. Again, would watch. Again, would watch. <laughs> Stunning. I think we probably need to move on to our own ideas so that we can spoil it. Break this track, this streak of really good films. <laughs> Here's one from me: Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Bark. 
Indiana Jones is a barkeologist who uncovers the what the barks of extinct dogs sounded like. It could have gone either way. I thought I was waiting till the end yeah. to be like, yeah. is it dogs or is it trees? Is it dogs or trees? That's the thing. You don't know until you get into the film. <laughs> is it all you know is he's a barkeologist. John, the, the end of the film, they've been searching for this extinct dog that no one ever heard the bark of and they believe it's been trapped they they the sound of the bark has been trapped in the bark of the covenant and at the very end of the film they're stood there as for some reason the nazis crack it open and they crack it you know in that scene in mm. raiders of the lost ark they take the lid off and it just goes woof <laughs> that's the end of the film just sounds like all the other dogs interestingly in my head i know exactly what nazi dogs look like what does that say about me is that am i throwing stereotypes no, i know exactly out? what you mean I think you are, but they, yeah, that's okay. They, I think they were, they, they, they were pretty specific on their choice of dogs. A side note: If you are a tree surgeon, from now on, please refer to your job as being a barkeologist. You're a barkeologist, yeah. You have my permission to, or a vet. Yeah, I should have called it Indiana Bones. Anyway, what's your idea? <laughs> <laughs> this one uh, is a brand new hit on Netflix. It's David Fincher's The Killer. Murders keep pl- taking place in cities where the band The Killers are performing that evening. Is it a fan? Is it Brandon Flowers? Well, somebody told me. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, very good. Thank you. That's very good. I've not watched. Have you watched it yet? The new Fincher? No, I really, I really wanted People to. People are into it, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking can. forward you to watching can, it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, no, I think they take it off Netflix I'm... after two days, don't they? It's like a rental. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you like have to rush to watch world it. World I'm really excited to see it. I don't really know that much about it, actually. No, um, other than it is Fast New Bender. Fincher. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, keen for that. Very keen, uh, the idea that the killers are on some sort of killing spree. And do the band have to investigate who it is? Or are they getting hound? Like, at what point would they notice the pattern? Oh, I do like the idea that, yes. So they, the band are the sort of lead suspects. And the only way that they can clear their name is to become detectives themselves and clear their nice. name. I love that. Yeah, that's good. There's a bit where the detective on the case has them backstage and he says, the killers are in the room. It's like a big, it's a good gag. I thought you were going to say, when there's nowhere left to run. Nice. Very good. Very good. Anyway, uh, let's, let's uh, Hey, away. I think this has been, this has been a Hall of Fame episode of Dream Factory for good ideas. Yeah, not funny. I'm not amazed. F- no one's had a good time. No. But no, the film's been No good. one's enjoyed it. But they've, people are sat there listening to this podcast and they're nodding. <laughs> and that's what I want. Right. What's the best one, John? Which one did you enjoy the most? It's a tough field. It's a tricky field to pick from. It's Night of the Living Fred or Interview Without a Vampire. They're both really solid ideas. They really are. Okay, we're going to give it to Prachat Cha 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 himself, Nathan, (laughs) over in America. Well done. Congratulations. And we have to leave now because a zombie Fred Flintstone has walked into the room and he wants to suck my blood. No, eat my brains. What do they do? Well done, John. Well done, right. Joe. Well done, John. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was expecting this to be an absolute car crash because I've had no sleep, Joel, because I was in children's a last night. Oh, man. It's scary. I, it's a, I, I, there's a real difference I've noticed between parents and non-parents, and it is that parents very rightly, very cautiously take their kids to A&E a lot quicker than you would an adult, oh, right? Oh, my God. Is that fair to say? Yeah, adult A&E is um, so bleak. If you go to A&E as an adult, it's, I don't know, it feels like it's 
that's like a once every few years serious situation. Oh, yeah. With kids, you obviously you're very cautious and it's much harder for a child to communicate what they're feeling, etc. etc. So you, you do go to A&E a lot. But if you're a non-parent, when you hear, I'm in A&E with my child, you think, fuck! Yeah, his legs come off. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually like a lot more regular for parents than I think you would imagine before being a parent. Yeah, would I, I think, be right in saying that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. He, uh, my son has a thing. Uh, it's a pretty common thing. It's called croup, which I think sounds mm. like... When you work in a casino, isn't it? <laughs> I think, yeah. I think it sounds like the most French illness a child can get. Yeah, well, I'm saying nothing. <laughs> how, um, mm, and how did he get that? <laughs> uh, if Interesting. So, if someone said, like, you know, you went to a posh restaurant and they were like, you know, this dish has got a side of croup, you'd be like, mmm, delicious. Yeah, you'd have, you'd have, the, you'd have the salmon on croup. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, uh, but how how is he doing? He's is he fine. okay? He's good. That, that's another thing about having a oh god. Look, we're not going to turn into p- parenting hell. Um, but another thing about having a kid is as soon as that the the drama of the going to the A and E's done, you just have like a very unruly child who you can't take to yeah, nursery of and just is running around causing a ruckus. So yeah, it's quite it's quite tiring. But that's life. That's what I believe we signed up for when we had a kid. I, I, I'm going to cut straight to the chase, Joe. I've got nothing. I've got no cultural highlights from the last seven days. I've got nothing to tell you. Do you have anything from good, your end? Good, good. Have I got anything? No, not really, because I am the uh, other podcast that I produce. They're, they're 50-50 in terms of importance in my life <laughs> with Dream Factory. The Guardian's Football Weekly is on tour. When you're listening to this, when you're listening to this, I'd have done a live show in London and in Bristol and I'll be doing one in Manchester on Wednesday evening. We're going on tour. It's all I thought about. It's all consuming. And I'm, not, I'm fine. I'm not nervous or worried about it. I'm excited, if anything. My dream would um, be for so, yeah. the audience. I don't think there's any crossover between these audiences at all. But if there was any mm-hmm. crossover for someone to go to one of those live shows and come up to you at the end in front of Max and Barry, the hosts, and be like, oh my God, it's Joel from the Dream Factory. <laughs> that's what. That's my dream. That would be pretty good. <laughs> So if you can do that, that would be amazing. If you can wear your I'm Thick merch to the live show as well, just so I can spot you in the crowd, that would be fantastic. But between uh, bouts of doing Dream Factory, when we had a brief hiatus, I went to a comedy show and one of the comedians who is a listener to the show and we are very grateful for, in front of a bunch of other comedians said, when are you going to start the podcast again? And that really made me feel good. It really made me feel yes. important. <laughs> We're the best. And on that note, we'll be back to being the best this time next week. Bye. Bye. Send the guys a movie idea Tell your friends that you like the show Follow us on social media Then you'll be the best listener